0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family.
2: VDW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, The Sports Betting Network.
3: We are here from Circa for the Greg Peterson Experience right here on v The Sports Betting Network. It's myself, Greg Peters. Unfortunately, we have not had anyone try to fill in on the Greg Peterson experience yet. I don't know how that will go, if it winds up ever happening. But with that said, we've got you covered for a great three hours. Got some college football that's going down right now. So I'll get you guys all caught up on what we are seeing out there in the Nevada Day game between UNLV and Nevada. If you're wondering why you never heard of why you never heard of Nevada Day, it's because Well, I can tell you, I've been living here for now about four. This is the fifth Nevada Day that I've lived here. Before I wanted to move into the state, I had no idea what it was. So, there's that. It's one of those things in which it's a specialized state day. Apparently, according to my wonderful producer, Wyatt, as a result of Nevada Day, they do not participate in Christopher Columbus Day or something like that. I don't know, but, well, it provides for a good football game. It's provided for some good bettering opportunities. So, we'll get you guys caught up on that. We've got some college basketball previews in the second hour. We're going to be staying out here on the West Coast looking at some Pac-12 odds. I've got to pick other than UCLA to be able to win the Pac-12 this year. So you want to be stay tuned for that. Obviously, there's going to be a whole lot of college football this Saturday once all of the Continental 48 states are on a Saturday because right now it is still 10 o'clock out here on the West Coast. Friday night, once we all get to Saturday, going to be giving you guys Everything that we're going to be seeing on Saturday, so got you guys all covered there. And along the way, we're going to be talking a little bit about the World Series, so we are locked and loaded there. We're going to be starting out on the gridiron, though. We wind up having two FBS college football games and one FCS game. If you're looking at the FCS game, by the way, you were able to get in with Cornell if you wanted, taking between 18 and a half and 19 and points. They wind up losing by a count of 34 to 16 to Princeton and. If you know anything about FCS football, Princeton is just an absolute machine, so this was to be expected, but Cornell was able to get the cover, so good for them, and total wound up closing at 47. That one winds up going over. Navy and Tulsa wound up seeing a very nice upset, by the way. If you wound up taking the points with Navy, you didn't need them. They wound up winning outright as between 11 to 12-point underdogs. This is one in which a lot of money came in on Tulsa, and, well, the money was not right in this spot, and if you wound up taking that Navy money line, you were getting... In a lot of places, a plus 350 out here at circa as high as a plus 385. So shout out to you if you wound up taking Navy on the money line. I tell you right now, I did not wind up taking that as this is a total that winds up harmlessly falling under as well. It was a 20 to 17 final total winds of closing a lot of spots right around a 46. You might have found a couple stray 46 and a halves, but Navy winds up being able to get it done and really a big theme that we've seen from college football. And you really look at all the major sports in general. Whole bunch of unders. Right now in college football, this game obviously still pending between Nevada and UNLV. 54.5% of games in college football so far this year have went under the total. So you've got a whole lot going on there. And then when it comes to this Nevada versus UNLV game, 41-20. to 20, We are right now in the fourth quarter. I know that many people, including myself, have UNLV plus 20.5. So that missed extra point. Significant to many as of right now. You've got about 11.50 left to go. So still some time for UNLV to be able to get in the back door. This is a game in which it was 41-7. to So if you were a backer of UNLV, that was not looking good for you early. But if you wound up taking the over in this spot, that is looking very good for you. Because this has already been able to get there for you. This is a total that... Overnight you are finding it and a lot of places right around a 58 to a 58.5. and a half. That's where it winds up closing. So this total is already over. All you need to do is to avoid the lights going out. Unlike the UNLV versus Wisconsin game from many years ago. In order to be able to get that one home. But take a look at this one. And it certainly has been an ugly effort to say the least from UNLV. A team of which you figured that there wouldn't be a lot of a passing game in general. But what has been strong? Mr. Strong. For Nevada, he's already thrown over 350 yards. He's been throwing for a bunch of touchdowns. He's been just styled in all game long. This is a UNLV team that they are not stopping anyone at this point for Carson Strong. Now, officially 30 of 40, 364. Not one, not two, but three, not three, but four touchdowns now. As Steve Jenkins has been able to give UNLV a little bit of something as well. He's got 11 catches for a buck 26. So we're going to keep our eyes glued on this one. Also wound up seeing a little bit of a conclusion out there on the ball diamond as well as we're going to be getting a bullpen game on Saturday, but on Friday, you wound up having a couple bona fide starters. One wound up going a little bit further than the other, and we saw a little bit of history in the World Series tonight as it was the Atlanta Braves being able to get it done by a count of 2-0. That's not the history. The history is Ian Anderson becomes the first pitcher in World Series history to get pulled while having given up zero hits and going at least five innings. Not necessarily sure why he wound up getting pulled with 76 pitches after five innings. His spot was not due up in the order, but the Atlanta Braves still wind up getting there for the Astros. They wind up getting their first hit of this game in the eighth inning. That was off an Elementis Diaz hits. Um a game that no question winds up flying under the total line. We did wind up seeing quite a bit of money coming on the Atlanta Braves. I did think that it was the right move. You take a look at this Houston Astros bunch, and they certainly have had their woes when it comes to pitching on the road. Pretty much. Just this entire postseason coming into this game, they had a team ERA of a 560 and Luis Garcia actually didn't wind up doing terrible. He just didn't lend the length that you would like to see because now it is going to be Zach Greinke against good old to be determined who's going to be going for the Atlanta Braves. It's going to be a bullpen game. We just have no idea who's going to be starting a game for Atlanta, but I do know that there's going to be a little bit of inclement weather as well, which is why I thought that it was very intriguing that we wound up seeing Brian Sicker go to the bullpen as quickly as possible because with 76 pitches, no doubt Ian Anderson had a lot to give, seeing as though he wound up giving up as many pitches in the game as I had. He was certainly dialed in, so going to be interesting to see how the Atlanta Braves wind up playing game four, but you saw the Atlanta Braves take a lot of the money. When I was on the look at... Which is pretty much in the same time slot as I am doing right now. You were seeing the Atlanta Braves more around about a minus 110 ish favorite, so they wound up getting the money there, and they may get that one of being able to provide a little bit of insurance for the Atlanta Braves late in the game in the eighth inning. It was a home run off the bat of Travis Arno, his second of the World Series. As this is a total that it wound up getting to eight at a few points yesterday at circa. You mostly wound up seeing eight and a half across the board with relatively equal juice and. Just a spot in which you didn't wind up getting a whole lot of runs in general. So it was one that wound up harmlessly falling under the total. And we have been seeing just very much an under trend when it comes to sports in general. You're seeing it right now in the NBA coming into tonight. You had seen right around 61% of games wind up going under the total. In the MLB, it's actually been a little bit more equal. If you look between regular season and postseason games, it is about as close to a 50-50 split as you're going to get between the over and the under, which given how many games there are in the MLB. It tells you the guys back there behind the counter, they certainly know what the heck they are doing, but you're seeing that big under trend in the NBA. You wound up seeing it on Thursday Night Football, another underwind of coming through there. So out there in the NFL, you've got now 56.1% of games going under the total as well. So got a whole lot that is going on with regards to that. So if you've been taking unders, whether it be in the NFL, whether it be in college football, whether it be, In the MLB right now, you are putting yourself in a very good spot to be able to make some money. Obviously, you don't want to be blind betting. I never advise that. But at the same time, if you've got some sound research and you're dialing up and under, more often than not, it has been coming through for you thus far. So that has been very solid as now we've got about seven minutes left in this UNLV versus Nevada game. And if you're someone that's looking for the backdoor cover, this is not good news as you've got a second and goal for Nevada wound up getting turned away there so we will see if Nevada winds punching it into the end zone if we get a field goal or just some big giant Green Bay Packers versus Arizona Cardinals situation winding up happening there as this is one in which the live betting has been taken off the board we've gotten down to the passive midway point of the fourth quarter so you sort of figure that that would be the case and we actually did we end up seeing little bit of interesting movement on this game as I mentioned when I was doing the show the look at yesterday we were seeing this right around between 20 and 20 half points UNLV catching those this wound up closing with UNLV being more around an 18 to a 19 point underdog so certainly the closing number might wind up coming into play here as now it is going to be Nevada going for a field goal so we will keep you guys up to date there in the next segment as well. Going to give you guys a little bit of a look at as to what we're going to be seeing in Game 4 of the World Series. Because I mentioned it just a minute ago. The Atlanta Braves have yet to announce the starter. We know that it's going to be some form of a bullpen game. But right now, keeping our eyes on Twitter, all these beat reporters that wind up covering the MLB to see who we're going to wind up getting opposing Zach Greinke. Zach Ranky is going to be making a second start in right around a month and a half. So... It certainly has not been a case in which he's been going too much either. So I pretty much consider this to be a bullpen game versus a bullpen game. And also, if you've been taking a look at the NBA as well, wound up seeing a couple interesting results tonight. The Brooklyn Nets wind up shock, shock, surprise, surprise, not covering again. 105 to 98. I'm telling you right now, a lot of these teams, I wound up coming in towards the top of the odds board in the NBA They haven't necessarily been providing a lot of value when it comes to a game by game betting perspective. This is one in which Indiana, they wind up closing as an eight and a half point underdog. And once again, I mentioned it a little bit earlier when it came to the NBA coming into tonight. Unders had been hitting at right around a 61.4% clip. This is another game that winds up going under the total. And I mean, we even saw yesterday when it came to that Golden State Warriors versus the Memphis Grizzlies game. It was a game that went to overtime. And not only did the under hit, Despite the fact that it went to overtime, it wound up hitting by about 20 points. You just don't see that typically in the NBA. I think that something that is very critical. If you wind up handicapping one of these sports I wind up just getting gas back up, the NHL, the NBA, college basketball is going to be coming back into our lives in a week and a half. Got to be trying to adjust things a little bit with fans coming back into the sands. We've seen it in the NFL. We're certainly seeing it right now with college football as well. A lot of these games under, 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 and Trust me, bookmakers, they are not sad about that. Something that I'm very happy about is that we do have a very solid World Series going on. Coming up next, going to give you a little bit of a look at as to what we might be able to get for Game 4 of the World Series between the Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros. And that's coming up next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Vison the Sports Betting Network.
0: You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on v the sports betting network.
3: This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no more batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties, like Spearmint, Wintergreen, Citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so that way you can easily find the satisfaction level that is perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head over now to zen slash Find to be able to find a store near you that is zyn.com find warning this product contains nicotine and nicotine is an addictive chemical as we're back here in lovely Las Vegas more specifically the circus sports book and resort here for the Greg Peterson experience and it is certainly an experience if you wound up taking the points with UNLV as you just wound up having an interception if you wound up taking UNLV and will it be a pick six Yes, it will be, as Nevada is now up by a count of 50 to 20 with the PAT pending. I do not know. It looks like number 11 wound up getting the interception there. It looks like UNLV's quarterback is injured, and it appears as though the band is on the field, as this is one in which is probably going to be the dagger for those like myself that stupidly wound up taking UNLV with the points. They had lost by eight points or fewer in each other previous four games, including on the road against UT San Antonio. And well, they have not given the spirited effort that you'd like to see on Nevada Day. So there is that. And this is a total in which it has already went over the total. So have no fear there. If you want to take this total over, you are in very, very good shape as you're just pretty much counting down the seconds until this winds up getting through. This one closing pretty much 58.5 across the board. You wind up seeing a couple straight 58s, but at pick six. That'll be pretty much a daggers. You know, the overnight was right around a 22, 20 and a half point underdog. They wound up closing anywhere between 18 and 19. You saw quite a bit of late money. Why well, end up coming in backing the running rebels? And well, the running rebels are running away from being able to make you some money tonight. So you've got that going on. What else we've got going on is the world series. As game three wound up going to the end line of Braves. They are now up by a count of two to one in the series. And if you're looking at the series price, we wound up seeing a massive shift here as the Houston Astros are now anywhere between a plus 150 to a plus 160 on the series price across Las Vegas. As books are right now reposting these as the Atlanta Braves wound up being able to get a 2-0 to zero win on Friday. So that is going to be setting up what is going to be very fascinating because we've seen a couple opening numbers out here in Las Vegas. I know that Circa right now as is as a pick Circa has minus 105 both ways. Between the Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros. It is good old to be determined. Who is right now listed for the Atlanta Braves. I hear he's a little bit of a mystery. But is able to provide a little bit of heat. And it's going to be Zach Granke. Going for the Houston Astros. And pretty much a one guy that I'm looking at to avoid. When it comes to the Atlanta Braves. Is Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright has not made a start in quite a while. He wound up coming in. In relief actually a few nights ago. But certainly someone I don't want any part of. You will note that the Atlanta Braves wound up adding. During this series, because you wound up seeing that injury to Charlie Morton, whenever you wind up having someone go out of the fold, much like Charlie Morton wound up doing, you do wind up having a situation which you are able to replace him with someone. That replacement player is Tucker Davidson, who has actually been able to provide a couple relatively solid starts for the Atlanta Braves, someone that has not started since the summertime at the MLB level, but he's able to lend a little bit of something, so I think that that's solid. And then you take a look at Zach Cranky. A guy that I felt like in the World Series back in 2019 was actually pulled a little bit too early from that Washington Nationals game. And I think many people would agree with me because from there, well, you want up seeing the Washington Nationals be able to win the World Series. But this is not that cranky, ladies and gentlemen. This is a man that, if you date it back to the beginning of the month of September, is right around a 9 ERA He has not been going deep at all. Last time he wanted pitching more than two and a third innings, you have to go back to the middle of September. So he has not been in recent form, to say the least. Got to figure that the Houston Astros are going to be going to some of their long relievers in this one because it sets up from Brevales to be able to go in Game Five. Christian Javier along Jake Odorizzi, have been able to lend multiple innings of relief all throughout this postseason. So, I do think that we're going to be seeing a very heavy dosage of both of those gentlemen. Meanwhile, you take a look at both of these offenses, and I just don't think that there's any way that the Houston Astros wind up getting shut out once again. This was the first time that they wound up getting shut out, since I'm pretty sure dinosaurs wanted up roaming the earth, actually. It's not since dinosaurs wound up roaming the earth. You have to go back to the month of September. But still, going into this game, you take a look at it, and the Houston Astros had scored five-plus runs in 13 out of their last 15 games. Now, you do also want to take the conditions into account a little bit when it comes to Atlanta. You notice that it was right around 50 degrees in Atlanta tonight. It was a little bit rainy as well, and I do think part of this is Do we wind up getting a game? Because, I mean, obviously that's something that you really can't handicap. There's no yes or no on that. But certainly it is a little bit of a question mark. If you do wind up getting some torrential downpours, we've seen it in the World Series before where a game does wind up getting washed out. That's not necessarily out of the question. And I do think that that might have played into a little bit of what the Atlanta Braves were doing with pulling Ian Anderson after he had pitched five no-hit innings, was under 80 pitches. His spot was not due up in the order, so you got to feel like there might have been a little bit of gamesmanship when it came to that. But you take a look at what we're going to be able to get in game four, and I do think that you're going to see a little bit more of a spirited Houston Astros lineup. They weren't able to get a hit until the eighth inning, and it was ironically enough LMNDCS, someone who's been relatively solid, but just a guy that hasn't seen a lot of at-pats in general here in the postseason, that wound up being able to step up and get that first set. And for the Atlanta Braves, the bullpen has been very solid, but you do have to question whether or not the use of A.J. Minter and Tyler Madsik, for one, was necessarily necessary as early as it was, and for two, how they're going to respond to pitching in back-to-back days if they do wind up having to go in Game 4. Because with A.J. Minter, you also do want to note that he wound up in the game with Charlie Martin, wound up leaving in game one. He had to go two and two-thirds innings in that one as well, so he's been used quite heavily by the Atlanta Braves, their Mazdaq. He's come into some big spots, and he's delivered every single time, so that is something of note as well. And for the Houston Astros, they did a very good job of being able to mitigate things because you do figure, like I was mentioning a little bit earlier, that Zach Greinke probably not going to be lending too much length. And with Christian Javier, along with Jake Odorizzi, the two guys that I've been mentioning as probably being both guys in this game, Neither of them wanted pitching yesterday, so they are going to be relatively fresh. And you even take a look at some of the guys that wound up coming out of the bullpen. Blake Taylor, only used for eight pitches by the Houston Astros. He's been relatively solid for this team. Can be a little bit shaky, but has been able to provide, at the very minimum, some solid at-bats, some solid innings. For the team in general and then you take a look at ryan Stanek. he winds up coming in he only wound up throwing four pitches as well and by and large has been able to do an okay job here in the postseason. he did wind up allowing a run in that game one loss but he's been able to hold down the four for the team give them typically just one inning at a time you got to figure that he might be looking to do the same here on saturday but i take a look at both of these lineups i don't think that there's really much of a chance and we see them get held down to the number that we're seeing right now on the open, we're seeing the books that want a posting line right now on Game 4 of the World Series with an 8.5. Now, depending on where you're shopping, the juice is going to be ranging all over the place. I'm seeing the under anywhere between even and minus 115, so... If you like the under, you probably want to be getting even money rather than laying minus 115. If you like the over, much like I do, you're finding that anywhere between minus 105 and minus 120. And when it comes to shopping, when it comes to just juice in general, you're going to notice probably the most variance when it comes to MLB totals because depending on what side you like the over and the under, you're typically going to find 10 cents of difference pretty much in any book around Las Vegas. And if you're out there in other jurisdictions, it certainly is going to be, Very similar in those as well, as long as you've got multiple books available for you. So always do take advantage of that. Meanwhile, you take a look at so many of these other sports like totals in the NFL. You take a look at the NFL. When it comes to the points in general, you're going to find a little bit more variance. But typically when you find like a three instead of a three and a half, it is going to have a little bit of added juice on there. Typically, you're not going to have as much variance on a total as you're going to find in Major League Baseball, which is why I do think that it is important that you always leave yourself multiple outs depending on whether you like the over or the under. And certainly, you're seeing the Atlanta Braves just come in as right around a pick them right now. Like I said, here at Circa, you've got minus 105 both ways between Zach Cranky and good old mystery pitcher for the Atlanta Braves. But I do think that this is going to be a spot in which we are going to see both of these offenses wind up bouncing back. You want to keep in mind for the Atlanta Braves that this is a bunch that in game one. Every single one of their starters was able to provide at least one hit. Now, you wound up having every starter not named Ozzy Albies also strike out in that game as well, which that is something that you might want to take a look at when it comes to strikeout props, if those are available to you as well. But also note that if you're looking to take an over on Zach Greinke strikeouts, this is not the same Zach Greinke that we wound up seeing a few years ago. His strikeouts per nine rate was the lowest of his career. So, He has certainly lost a little bit with that regard, but I take a look at this spot. I did wind up making the Atlanta Braves a favorite as long as we pretty much don't wind up getting Kyle Wright as a starter. So it's one of these big bucks, big bucks, no whammy sort of thing with him because I do fear that Mr. Sinker wind up might wind up doing that, but going to be taking a look in and over in this World Series game. And something else I'm taking a look at the NBA betting board coming up next. We're going to take a look at what we wind up seeing on the hardwood on Friday. Taking a look forward a little bit to Saturday as well.
0: You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: are out there in the great state of Colorado we have some great news for you as we have partnered with Altitude Sports Radio and starting Monday all of your favorite v shows including this one can be heard live on Altitude Radio 950 out there in Denver we are extremely excited about this partnership and what it brings to v to be in a great sports city with a growing audience of sports bettors tune in to all v shows live on Altitude Radio 950 a.m. In Denver, starting on Monday, November 1st, as we are back here in lovely Las Vegas. It is a Greg Peterson experience. And, well, if you want to take the points with the UNLV, not so great, as it was Nevada who wound up being able to get the win in this one by a count of 51 to 20. This one has one final, so they always have the cannon every single year for this rivalry. It does stay with Nevada as UNLV, they continue to be winless. They had been playing a little bit better. They had lost each other their last four games by eight points or fewer. That was not the case in this one. Total winds up very easily going over the total as we did wind up seeing a little bit of money coming on UNLV. They were more around a 20 to a 20 and a half point underdog overnight. They wind up closing more around the 18 point mark, and it did not matter if you wanted playing 20, if you wanted playing 18 with Nevada, you were able to get there. And if you're taking a look at the NBA, if you want to take favorites. I know that Gil Alexander a few years ago wound up having Tankapalooza where it was just one of those cases in which all the underdogs in the NBA, you could tell that they were trying to get as many ping pong balls in the hopper as humanly possible. Obviously, you're not going to be seeing that about a week and a half into the NBA season, but you might as well have done it tonight because all seven favorites wind up winning straight up. You did wind up having two underdogs being able to cash against the spread. One of those was the Indiana Pacers who wind up getting the cover against the Brooklyn Nets by kind of 105 to 98. And I've just been absolutely astounded that the futures board has not moved a little bit more in favor of pretty much anyone else other than the Brooklyn Nets because I take a look at this Nets team and I was not bullish on them coming into the year. Their futures prices were right around $2. At DraftKings, you were finding them for much of the final few days prior to the regular season tipping off right around a plus 205. And I felt like, that was a little bit too low. We've seen a tad bit of an adjustment at DraftKings at a plus 225, but I take a look at the two teams at the top of the the futures board right now to be able to win the NBA title. You've got the Lakers at plus $5. Mentioned it with the Nets. You're finding them at plus 225. There is zero value. And for one, either of those futures prices, in my opinion, and for two, just these teams on a night-to-night basis. The LA Lakers were able to cover. We'll get into that in a minute, but you take a look at the Brooklyn Nets. It was reassured pretty much on Friday by ownership that Kyrie Irving unless you wind up getting a little bit of change in the local restrictions because as of right now, the reason why Kyrie is not on the floor, whether it be home or road games, is due to local restrictions. He need to be vaccinated in order to be able to work in where the Brooklyn Nets are right now. So as a result, he is not able to play in home games. The Nets then made the, the decision, all right, we don't want a part-time players. So until Kyrie Irving winds up getting vaccinated, we're going to hold them out of the road games as well. But that is causing for a little bit of a question mark. And you take a look at the Nets in general and just some of the pieces that now they have to try to fill in that spot with because no doubt you figured that Kyrie Irving and we saw how special he was in the games that he wound up playing in that series against the Milwaukee Bucks. Now you have to try to fill that in with some of the other pieces. No doubt Blake Griffin is able to give you a little bit of something, but I still am astounded that people think that there's more left in the tank for LaMarcus Aldridge. He's actually had not so bad of a go of it here in the first couple games of the season, but I just still recall when he was with the San Antonio Spurs last year, and first things first, shout out to LaMarcus Aldridge and all that he's been through. No doubt he's went through some health issues. It is good to see him back on the floor. With that said, when he was off the floor with the San Antonio Spurs last year versus on it, the team was more efficient on offense when he was off the floor. So, I mean, that's something that you've got to be taking a look at. Aldrich in this game, they wind up giving you 21 points, 8 rebounds, but I feel like this is just a little bit of a hot start. This is a little bit smoke and mirrors. I don't know if he's necessarily back. Patty Mills has been able to give this team when it comes to 3-point shooting a little bit as well, but you're going to be relying a lot on a lot of these ancillary pieces. I mentioned a little bit earlier Blake Griffin. Joe Harris is someone that is a terrific three-point shooter. Really doesn't do a whole heck a lot else for you. You wish that he was a little bit more than just one-dimensional, so I take a look at that as an issue. I take a look at this Indiana Pacers team. They were without Malcolm Brogdon in this game, but I do think that there is quite a bit of upside with this team. I love the fact that they wound up drafting Chris Duarte, One of the oldest first-round picks that we've ever seen in the NBA. He's just been a walking bucket for this team. Wound up being their top scorer with regards to starters. He wound up having Craig come off the bench, give this team 28-11, and which that's a story in and of itself. But an undermanned Pacers team has really been able to do a solid job. They wound up having a little bit of a fall-off when you wound up seeing Brogdon Get hurt in that game against the Toronto Raptors a few nights ago. He obviously did not wind up lacing him up for this one. You want to be checking his status moving forward to gauge the Indiana Pacers accordingly. But I do take a look at this Pacers team, and I do think that there is some upside for Chris Suarte. And if you're looking at his odds to be able to win rookie of the year, you want to finding this depending on your book, between 25 to 25 to 1 coming into the year. This has shrunk, and this has shrunk significantly. Right now, at DraftKings, I am seeing him at 7 to 1. Now, there are a couple guys in front of him. Jalen Green, no doubt, has been the short shot ever since the beginning of the season. Kate Cunningham is at plus 450, and then you've got Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes both at 6 to 1, but for a guy to go from like 20, 25 to 1, depending on where you're shopping, to now more like 7 to 1, that is a big, giant leap within the first week and a half of the season, and I say Pretty much across all sports, the NFL is the biggest offender of this, but you always see some big overreactions when it comes to things that you wind up seeing early. I was high on Chris Duarte coming into the year. I still am. Maybe this is a tad bit of an overreaction, but from everything that we've seen from the Indiana Pacers, they are going to be featuring him. Now, the Chris Warte ceiling from like five years from now as compared to a guy like an Evan Mobley, Cade Cunningham, list goes on and on. It is a little bit less, but when the Indiana Pacers wanted drafting Chris Duarte, you knew that he would be able to contribute right away. He certainly has been able to do that, so that has been a very good sign for them. What was a very good sign for the Lakers was being able to get a win and cover. As we know, this is a team that they're all sorts of banged up, and they are trying to just get their pieces all online because it is right now the AARP club, as you've got a whole bunch of old guys. LeBron James was able to take the floor tonight. He was able to put up 26 points. Looked very solid in the 113-101 to 101 win over the Cleveland Cavaliers, but you do still have some question marks with the team as well. Russell Westbrook, he certainly did not look like triple-double Russell Westbrook, but he was relatively efficient. Did wind up having four turnovers in this game, and LeBron, he did wind up having seven himself. So you can tell that the chemistry is still not necessarily there with this Lakers team, but it's going to be very interesting to see how everything winds up coming together just because you've got a bunch of guys that, they're used to being the stars of their respective team. Russell Westbrook, no question. Whether that be with Washington or the many, many years they wanted spending out there with the Oklahoma City Thunder, he was always that go-to guy. Anthony Davis and LeBron James, they've been playing together for the past couple of years, but you've also got Carmelo Anthony. And I do think that it's very good that Carmelo Anthony wanted playing those couple years for the Portland Trailblazers before coming over to the Lakers because it might have been a little bit of a culture shock for him going from just being the man, no matter where he had been, the Denver Nuggets, whether it be with the New York Knicks, list goes on and on. Versus now, he's with the Lakers, and he's coming in off the bench. Wound we'll up going 6 of 8 from 3-point range in the win over the Cleveland Cavaliers, but I still very much have my question marks when it comes to this Lakers team, especially when it comes to just health in general. We wound up seeing LeBron James's body break down on him a little bit towards back half of last season, and Anthony Davis is an absolutely amazing player, but He's been shown to be a little bit injury-prone as well. You've got Carmelo Anthony, who's so old at this point that by the end of the year, he might need a walker. So, I mean, the list of concerns goes on and on, and I just question why they only played Malik Monk five minutes in this game. If you're looking at a guy who is a little bit young, he's going to have fresh leg swords back out of the season. It's Malik Monk, so I have been very just befuddled by his usage in general. He was actually one of the guys that I felt like had a little bit of upside. You've got Kent Bazemore, which... Kent Bazemore does not do anything for me whatsoever. He wound up having four points in this contest. He looks just completely lost when it comes to this offense as well. So, he's a guy that I don't think that you're really able to bank in on a lot of production with in general. And I just take a look at the teams that are presenting a little bit more value. Like the Denver Nuggets. It looked like the Jokic injury that he wound up suffering a few days ago. It was going to be bad. Turned out the good news was it was not so bad. And, what was very good as if you want to bag in the denver nuggets tonight as they wound up just completely throttling the dallas mavericks 106 to 75 it was a very good performance there but i think that they provide a little bit of value when it comes to the futures board because jamal murray has been held out in the early part of the season due to the fact that he wound up having his season ended with that gruesome injury he's going to be coming back for this team we wound up seeing Michael Porter Jr. really be able to burst onto the scene when you wound up having him off the floor. Now being able to get those guys all together, all on the same page, I think that that's going to be very beneficial out there in the West with them. I take a look at the Golden State Warriors, a team that they wound up suffering their first loss Thursday night against the Memphis Grizzlies. I think that they're a bunch that they're going to be able to do a solid job as well. Out there in the West, you've got to figure that Clay Thompson is going to be coming back at some point, being able to give the team a whole lot of something. And, Obviously, you wound up seeing that just absolutely ridiculous barrage of scoring that Seth Curry was able to put up towards the back half last season as well. And he's been able to pick up right where he's left off. And we're going to pick up right where we're leaving off right here on the Greg Peterson experience, looking at the NBA. Going to be taking a look forward to Saturday's games. And that is coming up next right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on v the Sports Betting Network.
3: Sports Betting National Championship is coming up next week, November 5th through the 7th, and v will be providing all the coverage of the main event, all weekend long, including live on-location updates for all the action. Visit v sbnc slash SPNC for more information and to learn how you can enter for a chance to be able to test your skills, win cash, including the, we're going to try our Dr. Evil voice once again here, the $1 million top prize. That was probably a failed impression, but you're able to go to v sbnc slash SPNC for all the details and to avoid a Dr. Evil impression as it is... The Greg Peterson experience right here on Visa. and Coming at you from Circa, I am Greg Peterson, and we've got to take a look at everything that we're going to be getting in the NBA on Saturday. For those of you guys out there on the East Coast, it's today. For those of us out here on the West Coast, still a little bit over an hour away, but I mentioned it a little bit earlier. I do think that there's some value on the futures board when it comes to Golden State Warriors, and I do think that there's going to be a little bit of value for them on the game-by-game perspective as well. You take a look at them right now. Between them and the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is coming up Saturday evening. And you're finding them in a lot of places right around a 12 and a half point favorite. With the line that I'm seeing at DraftKings, you're actually getting the best of it, with the Golden State Warriors being a 12-point favorite. Totals ranging between 220 and a half and two twenty-one. And you take a look at it, and I do like to be able to bet NBA in-game rather than a little bit more pre-flop. But when I take a look at what we're seeing right now in the NBA. I think that you're probably going to see another blowout here. The Oklahoma City Thunder, they do fortunately have a win to their credit, but has just not necessarily been going well for them to say the least. I was mentioning it with Steph Curry. Man, it's just been absolutely insane since the back half of last season. He's picked up right where he's left off. He's averaging over 30 points per game. He's doing it on the glass as well, giving you eight rebounds per game and then Take a look at the Thunder, and they actually do have a rising star, in my opinion, Jay Gilders, Alexander. I guess someone needs to get buckets for the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's been solid. He's been able to give the team right around 23 points per game. He certainly has been able to do his part, but you just take a look at the Thunder's team, and night in and night out, it's a bunch that's getting thrashed. They were able to give a little bit of a better effort the last time they wanted playing against the Warriors at home. They wound up losing that game by 8 I don't think that you're necessarily going to be seeing a similar performance. Now, the Thunder, they're coming off of their best performance of the year. In their last game, they were able to get their first win. They wind up knocking off a Lakers team that was short-handed in that one. So I think that that's a very important distinction. And the last two time these two teams wound up poking up Gilders Alexander, I mentioned a little bit earlier, 30 points. Really, nobody else was able to give you much of anything. I'm intrigued by Jeremiah Robinson Earl. He's looked solid here in the early going and. He's someone I really liked at Villanova. So far, so good with him for the Oklahoma City Thunder, but I think that you just need a little bit more around these guys. You don't have much in the backcourt outside of Mr. Gildress Alexander. I know that right around like ninth, 10th in the futures board for odds to be able to win rookie of the year, you do have Josh Giddy. I'm not necessarily giddy on him. It's just a case in which he's someone that, He's a little bit off, in my opinion. He's able to give you a couple of rebounds. He's able to provide a little bit of size, but I just don't know about him moving forward. Meanwhile, I take a look at the Warriors and the fact that you do have Andrew Wiggins out there, just absolutely massive for this team. He wound up in that last game against the Oklahoma City Thunder, being able to provide 21 points. And what else has been very good for this team? They've been able to get a little bit of a spark as well out of some of their guys coming in off the bench. More specifically, Damian Lee. Now, you want to note that in this game, because... Lee, the last time these two teams wound up hooking up, he was able to put up 20 points. He is questionable for this game due to a right shoulder bruise, so you do want to be fully aware of that because he's been very good off the bench for this team, but I take a look at this by and large, and I do think that with without Lee, the Warriors should be able to roll. I think that one of your better fates this year is probably going to be the Oklahoma City Thunder we saw towards the back half of the last season. They were like needing three wins to be able to go over their win total for like 24 games. And it was just like a big giant comedy that they just kept losing game after game after game. It got really bad after the trade deadline for them. They are clearly in massive rebuild load or rebuild mode. I was trying to combine rebuild and reload and well, they need to do both at this point because it's not going well for them. It's also not going the best for the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're going to be, Continuing their West Coast trip as they are going to be on the road facing off against the Phoenix Suns. And the Suns are finding themselves right around 10-point favorites. You take a look at the Cleveland Cavaliers; they are going to be in the midst of a back-to-back. They were able to give a little bit of chase to the LA Lakers. They were able to give a solid effort. Came up a little bit short of being able to get the cover Friday night, but I think it's going to be really intriguing to watch this Phoenix Suns team moving forward. Because as we all know, with the Suns, a lot of people are saying the fact that they wanted being able to make the finals last year was built on sand a little bit because they wound up being able to take on the Lakers when they wound up getting injured. There was just a whole bevy of injuries, really, for both the Phoenix Suns and the Bucks, and I think that that's actually going to be a little bit of a motivating factor for both of these teams moving forward. They're going to be trying to prove that things were not necessarily a fluke fly season, but take a look at this Cavaliers seamen. Really, I do think the fact that you wind up getting rookie Rubio in the fold is going to be able to free up Colin Sexton a little bit more. He's averaging a little bit over 20 points per game. The three-point shooting recently of Sexton has been a little bit shaky in three out of his last four games has not made a single three-point shot. So that is something that you do want to know. But we've seen Colin Sexton, when he's really been on his game, be able to be a very prolific scorer in the league. So I think that there is a little bit of upside there. You take a look at the Suns team in general and you have been able to have a bunch of guys be able to come and do a great job. You've got DeAndre Aiden picking up where he wound up leaving off last season. He's been able to do a very solid job down low in the last game, which was a loss against the Kings. 21 rebounds. He's one of the best Pierre Lopo's presence that you're going to find in the NBA. I do think that there might be a little bit of value here with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, He's been a pesky underdog thus far this season, and we're just seeing it in the NBA in general. I mentioned the fact that unders are just hitting at an absolutely insane clip as of right now the under is hitting a little bit over 62 percent of the time in these nba games what else we're finding home teams is having a really bad time of it as well against the spread in the nba this year home teams they're covering a little bit over 40 percent of their games 31 and 45 against the spread it's been absolutely remarkable to see these teams go on the road and be able to get all these covers. A lot of them have not necessarily been outright wins, but they certainly have been able to provide good value in general, and I think that a lot of it is, for one, one of the teams that I'm going to be looking forward to, just a lot this year in general, to be able to bet on the Memphis Grizzlies. They've been in the midst of a little bit of a road swing. They actually return. They're actually going to be just a team that, in general, I'm going to be taking a look at quite a bit. They're returning home against the Miami Heat, and due to the fact that, the Miami Heat wound up playing last night. You're going to find this quite a bit in the NBA. There is no set line on that game, so you don't have a lot that is going on there. Initially at DraftKings, I'm seeing the Memphis Grizzlies laying too, but you pretty much don't have this available unless you have access to DraftKings right now, and you don't even have a total on this game. So there's really not much of a handicap that I'm able to give there, but something else I think is going to be really intriguing is one of the teams that we wound up seeing getting off to a hot start this season. That would be the Chicago Bulls. They're going to be playing also Utah Jazz, and they're going to be finding themselves home underdog. Across the board, you're finding the Utah Jazz as a four-point favorite. Coming into the year, it was another team in the Utah Jazz that I was relatively bullish on. This is not your father's Utah Jazz. This is a bunch of which you used to take a look at them, and you used to think a little bit more defense, but with what this team has been able to do in recent years with all of their three-point shooting options, this is a team that they are willing to go a little bit more up-tempo. They're able to put points on you in a hurry. I mentioned the under trend that we're right now seeing in the NBA. If there would be an over that I'm going to be taking a look at for Saturday would be this one right now. You're finding the total at a 217 and a half, But I take a look at this Utah Jazz team. I've been thoroughly impressed by them. And you also want to note that Zach Levine, he wound up playing with a little bit of an injury. He has been... Really dealing with it the past few games, and he wound up going out against the New York Knicks having some sort of an injury on his non-shooting arm, and he wound up being able to put up 25 points. So he is going to be dealing with that a little bit. I want to monitor his status just moving forward in general because I do think that that could be a little bit of an aggravator for him. He was able to come out in that first game against the Knicks, looked very solid there, but moving forward, I do think that it could be something that winds up affecting him. But you take a look at this Jazz team; they were playing without. Donovan Mitchell actually quite a bit towards the back half of last season. They are clearly a little bit of a different team when he's out there on the floor versus without him. And this is a team that they are perfect for No, They have been putting on points upon points. They have now scored at least 110 in each of their last three games. So they have certainly got it cooking. You've got Rudy Gobert down low, who I just think is going to completely eat up this Chicago Bulls team. You've got Nikolai Vucevic, who I just don't think is necessarily going to be up to the task for him. And for Gobert, obviously very small sample size, but 17.8 rebounds per game. I mean, it's just been absolutely insane what we've seen out of him the beginning part of this season. You've got just so many ancillary pieces for the Jazz that do wind up taking a little bit of the pressure off of Donovan Mitchell when it comes to a three-point shooting perspective, so that way he's able to just roam around. He's able to do a good job of being able to operate this offense with peak efficiency, so that's something that I'll be looking at as well, not necessarily Keen on taking a lot of road favorites, but I do think that the Jazz might be in for a good spot on Saturday. And it is always a good spot to be able to talk some basketball. We've talked the last two segments about the pros. How about if we go to the college ranks up next? Coming up in 10 days and counting, college basketball is going to be back into our lives. So we're going to be taking a look at some of these West Coast conferences, the WCC and the Pac-12 next. Right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Vison the Sports Betting Network.